Well, man, we have been in this sermon series for a while, Disciple. And, uh, and you know, one thing, uh, before I get into my message this morning, that I believe a disciple does, and that ought to be a part of our discipleship, and part of you, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, is you ought to be a person that loves. And today is the day to celebrate love that we set aside to celebrate love. It's Valentine's Day. Have you told your Valentine? You love them, and happy Valentine's Day today. Okay, some of you are looking at me like, no, I hadn't done that yet. Well, Nancy, I love you, and happy Valentine's Day, sweetheart. And, uh, and so you need to do the same thing, all right? I mean, say what? It'll work out good for you. It'll help your life be a little easier. And, and uh, plus, you need to mean it when you say it, all right? So, and uh, hopefully you have a great Valentine's Day. It is a, it is a neat day. And, and uh, following on Sunday, and it's cool because our mission here is to love Jesus and love each other and love our world. So it's all about, it's all about love. We're talking about being a disciple, be one, make one. And we've been talking a lot about being one. And uh, we'll get around to talking about making one. But we're going to talk today about sort of all the things we have been talking about, really, we're going to talk about something today that's really important in discipleship. We're going to talk about today persevering uh, in discipleship. You know, we, we need to hang in there. We need to keep growing in our relationship with Christ. Uh, and it's not easy. We're, we're going to see that. But we're going to talk about that today. And we define a disciple as simply someone who has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and seeks to follow him in their daily life. And so as believers, we should always be moving forward. We should always be growing in our relationship with Christ. We should always be striving to do that. We should always be putting forth every effort to become as much like Christ as we can as a follower of his. If we put our faith and trust in him and we call ourselves a Christ follower, we should be doing that. But if we're gonna do it, if you're gonna get it right, just let me tell you, it's gonna take perseverance. It's gonna take hard work. It's gonna be difficult. And why is that? Well, part of it's practical because you're busy. You know, everybody's busy. I don't talk to too many people that tell me they're not, not busy and, and you got a lot going on, work and, and the kids and school and, and uh, your home life, maybe something that, uh, you know, some hobby that you have, maybe it's some side thing that you're doing, whatever. We're all busy. We got a lot of stuff in our lives and those things, if we're not careful, can encroach on our time and our priority and focus can become on those things and instead of on Christ. And then there's another reason that we need to persevere and that it's not so easy to persevere and that is because there is an enemy that we have that does not want us to persevere. His name is Satan. And he will do everything in his power to keep you from growing in your relationship with Christ. I don't have to tell you that. You know that, don't you? I mean, he'll throw temptation in front of you he will get, he'll get you focused on something else in life and that'll be the thing that you're always focused on instead of focusing on Christ. And so there's, there's all these things that can get in the way of us becoming uh, the kind of disciple that Christ wants us to be. A lot of stuff going on. And, um, you know, today we're going to take a look at this and we're going to look at a passage that is found in the New Testament and it talks about our pursuit in Christ-likeness, and it's found in the book of Philippians. Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church in Philippi, and it's a great letter. It's, it's a letter, and there's a lot of positive stuff in this letter, but um, he talks about his own walk with the Lord. He talks about his discipleship journey in this letter, in this one little section, and we're going to look at that today. So if you've got your Bibles with you, turn to the New Testament, to Philippians chapter 3, 
verses uh, 12 through 16. Hey, and can I just say something this morning? Let me encourage you to bring your Bibles to church. I know that we put the words up on the screen and that's great and dandy, but really and truly, it makes a big difference when you open up the Word of God, you open your Bible, and, and I know some of you have electronic versions, but make notes, take some notes. I've got Bibles at home where back over the years I've made notes in them and, um, it, and it's great to go back and look at those and you know, when you just take a note and jot something down, sometimes it helps you to retain it a little better. So um, hopefully you've got your Bibles with you. Turn to the New Testament, Philippians chapter three. Let me read the verses, then we're gonna come back, we're gonna see what Paul has to say to all of us. Okay, here it is. Paul says, not that I have already obtained this. Now, we'll stop there for a moment because he's, he's really talking about what he's already talked about, about growing in a relationship with Christ, having a great relationship with Christ. He says, not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus made me his own. He says, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And he says, let those of us who are mature think this way, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. And then verse 16, he says, only let us hold true to what we have attained. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these words today. I thank you, God, that the Apostle Paul penned these words. These kind of passages, God, give me a lot of encouragement. The reason is because, God, sometimes I can look at somebody like Paul, and I, God, I, I look at him like superheroes or something, and I look at him like he's different than I am. But when I read a verse like this and read verses like this, it reminds me that Paul was just a guy. He, he was a guy that you called and, and, and that you, you placed a special um, calling on his life. You gave him a special mission in life, but he was a man. He was a human being, just like all of us. And he struggled with his Christian walk. It wasn't just a cakewalk for him. And so God, I, I, when I see those kind of things, it encourages me because it, know, it makes me see that there's hope. And God, that, that, that if I can, if Paul can do it, so can I. And so Father, I thank you for that. So, so today, help us to listen, help us to you know, internalize this, help us to take it home and practice it, make it part of our lives. And God, we'll give you the glory for that. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. All right, well, when we look at this, the very first thing before I really jump in and, and give you the, sort of the lesson part, I want to think about this for a minute. Paul says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. Now, that's the part that, that really encourages me as I start reading, because Paul says, I'm not perfect. Paul says, I don't get this right all the time. It doesn't always work the way I want it to work. And he's talking about Christ-likeness. He's talking about holiness. He's talking about growing in likeness of Christ. And he's letting his readers know that even though he's been saved, even though he's received all that comes with a relationship with Christ, that he has not reached some sinless state of perfection, which he will never reach this side of heaven. He's never reached it, that he's not above everybody else, that he struggles with like everybody else does. And, and so that encourages me. He's still a sinner saved by grace because of his relationship with Jesus. And he's on a journey to become like Christ. Remember we learned back when we were, if you were with us, when we were studying through Romans, we learned that the moment we put our faith and trust in Jesus, that something happens to us. That we are, this word that we use is justified, which means that we're moved from death to life. It means that we're moved from darkness to light. It means that instantly our lives change. And, and, we're, and now we're going to heaven and we become 
one of Christ's children. And, and so we're, we're, things have just, we've been justified. They've just changed. And then we learned another word. And after we're justified, at the moment that we're justified, something starts. This process called sanctification. And that is the growing process. That is this process, this journey that we're on. We're constantly being sanctified and growing in our relationship with Christ. And so Paul is talking about that right now. He says, I am still a sinner. I've been saved by grace. And I'm on this journey of sanctification, of growing in my relationship with Christ. But I haven't attained it yet. I haven't arrived yet. And I think that what I like about verses like this is that that describes me. It describes you, doesn't it? I mean, maybe you're here today and you have a relationship with Jesus, but you're not there yet. You know, you're still working it out day in and day out, living life, trying to get this thing right. You know, sometimes it's two steps forward and one step back. Sometimes it's one step forward and two steps back. But you're navigating this thing, working on it, asking God to help you day in and day out. And so that's where Paul was, and that encourages me. He's still working on it. And then he begins to talk about it and, and he gives us some clues to some things that can help us in our journey. And here's the first thing that I want you to see. The first thing that I want you to see is that if you're gonna persevere as a disciple, it's gonna require self-awareness. I, listen to what Paul says in, in the first part of verse 12. He says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. Paul was totally aware of where he was in his walk with Jesus. He was totally self-aware. He knew wh where he was growing. He knew where he needed a little bit of help. He, he knew when he messed up. He was self-aware. And, and you and I need to be self-aware. We need to be honest with ourselves about where we are in our relationship with Jesus. There's nothing wrong with saying to yourself, honestly, I'm not where I need to be right now. That's what you ought to be doing. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I blew it. That's okay. Matter of fact, it's a good thing to say, I'm gonna be honest about this. You might as well be honest. God knows anyway, right? And so, you know, I'm gonna be honest about this and I, want, I, I am not where I need to be or this part of my life could be a little bit better. I'm doing pretty good right here, but this part over here, I could, I could use a little help in that area. Paul was self-aware about what was going on. He understood that he had not arrived in his Christian life. Matter of fact, there's another place in scripture that is, is one of the most, you know, this, to me, and I'm a little weird maybe, but this is one of the most comforting passages of Scripture as Paul describes his life. Because, you know why? Because I see me in this passage. And I think when we read it, you're gonna see you. Think about it for a minute. I just want you to think about, okay, think about, say I'm thinking about me as we read through this passage. Okay, just, 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 just listen. Paul's talking, I love this. It's like you're just sitting, can you imagine? You're just sitting in a chair, you know, you're, you're just up here in a chair. And Paul's sitting here over there and he's just talking to you. And he goes, you know, Ed, I don't understand my own actions. I don't do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now, I, if I do what I don't want to do, I agree with the law that it is good Good. So now it's no longer I who do it, but it's sin that dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me. That is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what's right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do is what I keep on doing. 
Now, right there, I should have had a bunch of people leap out of their chairs and say, praise God, hallelujah, that's me right there. Because it's us, isn't it? You, is that you? I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but you can say something. Is, is that you? I mean, it's me. I'm just telling you. You ever just want to do it right and do it wrong anyway and get so frustrated and, and, and all? He says, but listen, he says, now if I do what I do not want, it's no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. It's that sin nature that resides in us. So doesn't that, now think about Paul now. Paul, that is the apostle Paul. And Paul is saying, hey, I've been saved. I'm justified. And I am in this sanctification process, but I'm just telling y'all, it's, it's work. Every day it is hard. I'm trying to get it right. I want to do the right thing and I do the wrong thing. I mean, when I read those verses, I just like, thank you, Jesus. If Paul struggled with it, whew, right? And I am, you know, now I don't want to struggle any more with this than I have to, but it's great to know that God is there with me. And it's great to know that he wants to help me. But we can see that Paul is much like us. I can resonate with old Paul. I like to hear what he's got to say because he's just like I am, just like you are. Paul was self-aware of his condition. And if you and I are gonna grow in Christ-likeness, we need to be self-aware. We need to be honest. It's okay to be honest with God. This is where I'm blowing it. Every night, I've told you this a thousand times, I lay my head on my pillow and every night I ask for forgiveness and I talk about where I recognize that I blew it that day. God, I am sorry I did this. I didn't wanna do it. I, I'm so stupid sometimes. I did it and please forgive me. Help me not to do it tomorrow. But we need to be self-aware. And then we need to put forth maximum effort in order to change things, for things to change. He goes on, he says in verse 12, and I'm gonna read the whole verse, but we're gonna focus on the second half. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, Paul says I'm not, we just read that, but I press on to make it my own. I wanna get this right because Christ Jesus has made me his own. He's died for me. He came so I could be forgiven of my sins and I've committed my life to him and I'm trying to live for him and I don't get it right all the time, but I can tell you what I do, I press on. Men, I try. I give it my best every day. That phrase, I press on, means to run or to follow after something. It implies an aggressive effort and a, an energetic effort to, to do something. So I'm aggressive and energetic in my pursuit of living a Christ-like life. But Paul, let me tell you something else. He never, ever describes this process as being easy. He says, hey, I do things I don't want to do all the time. Man, I, I hate that. I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing Christ. Then we read in other letters that he's written. And listen to what he says in Colossians 1.29. He says, for this I toil. And listen to this, this, this phrase. How about you? Does this sound like you? Struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works in me. Man, he says it's a struggle. It's work being a Christian and living this life the way I should live it. The, the takeaway is if you're going to follow Jesus, it's gonna require some effort. It, it, you know, it's gonna be maximum effort on your part. You have to work at it. You're gonna to have to really work hard. Luke 9, 23, Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Think about taking up a cross. Think about Jesus taking up the cross. Think about how difficult that was. So he's, he's not, Paul doesn't pull any punches. He goes, man, this Christian journey is not a cakewalk. 
Oh, you can get through it, you can do it, and, and you have the help of the Holy Spirit living in you to get through it, but it's gonna require effort on your part each and every day. Matter of fact, he goes on and he sort of digs a little deeper into that, goes a little deeper. He said, it's gonna require focused concentration. You're gonna have to be really focused on this. You're gonna have to put forth the effort and you're gonna have to be focused. In, in verse 13, he says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But the one thing I do, there's focus right there. The one thing that I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. If you and I are gonna grow in Christ's likeness, we have to focus on living for Jesus. We can't let other things compete for his affections. We can't let other things get in the way of our love for him, our devotion to him. Paul's primary purpose in life was the one thing was to pursue Christ. He made a break with his past, all the sins in his past and the things he had done. He put those behind him. He didn't dwell there and let those weigh him down. He focused on moving forward in, in Christ. Listen, you have to have focused concentration. And, and there are so many things in life that will come after you. So many things that will try to take that concentration away. Remember, we have an enemy, the devil, and that devil, let me tell you what he'll do. He will come at you and he will tempt you with, he knows exactly what to tempt you with, okay? And he will mess with you because he doesn't want your attention on Jesus. He doesn't want you growing in your relationship with Christ. He wants to get you sidetracked. Now, and sometimes he'll use things that aren't wrong or bad to get you sidetracked. Sometimes he will just get your attention on, on, a, on a hobby. And all of a sudden that hobby consumes you. And all you ever talk about and all you ever do and everybody around you is going nuts because they, well, I wish they'd shut up about this. But you keep talking about it all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. But now you don't talk about Jesus too much. And now when you get up in the morning, you grab your little book and, and you're reading about your hobby instead of reading your Bible. You know where I'm coming, coming from? You know how I gauge that in my life? This is just the way I do. I, I'm, I'm a person, I, I gauge my self-talk. Now, listen to me, I'm, I'm a little weird maybe. Everybody's wired different and, 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 uh, and all these temperament things. I, I'm a real high, if you're familiar with it, I'm a real high, uh, um, you know, like an I, uh, you know, I'm a sanguine if you've ever heard that or I think it's a sanguine, if you've ever heard those terms and these kind of things. That, what does that mean? Well, here's what it means. I like to talk a lot. I'm in the right profession, am I not? And, 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 and I like to talk, talk a lot. And, and also I process the way, I process my thinking. I have to be so careful with this. I process things as I speak them. So you can be talking to me about a, a big important decision and I'll start over here and I'll say, I'm against that. I don't think that's a good idea. That's just not good, not good, not good. And then I'll keep talking and we'll have a 20 minute conversation and I'm talking out loud. And by the time I get to the other end of the conversation, I'm going, that's the greatest thing that has ever happened. Now it's not because I, I'm wishy-washy, it's just because I processed it while I was talking, right? Now you're saying, well, that's weird. No, you're just as weird as I am. You just don't say anything about it. You process it quietly. We all do that, right? That's just the way I do it. But I listen to my, when I'm talking, when I'm thinking about this stuff, I listen to the voices that, that, that my own in, internal voices. What am I talking to myself the most about? Am I talking the most to myself about my hobby? 
Is that where my thought life is lingering all the time? Am I, am I, is my thought life always on some, on some earthly relationship with another person? Am I consumed with a relationship? Is my thought life all about work? All I ever think about, all I ever do is work and all that. Listen, when, when those things become what you're thinking about, if you'll listen to yourself internally, if that's what you're thinking about and talking about and talking to other people about all the time, that's what your little idol is in your life because Jesus has been removed from the throne. Can I get an amen? Can you talk back a little bit? Makes me feel good. Okay, because I'm a talker. I feed off your energy, right? But, but here you, go, you gotta have this focused concentration but because you gotta focus on Jesus. And then we have to have the, but, but we gotta be motivated by the right thing. You can't just, it's, all of this has to have some motivation. And so we have to have the proper motivation if we're gonna persevere. Philippians 3.14 says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's the heart of this entire passage right here. This verse right here. This is the heart of the passage. This is the thing that motivates Paul. This is the thing that gets Paul going, should get you going and me going as well. While realizing he will never totally achieve all of the eternal benefits of, of Christ-likeness until he receives the prize of entering God's presence in, in heaven, he's motivated by knowing to grow and knowing what his reward will one day be. He knows the finish line for the race. And he knows that he's gonna to go to heaven one day. And he's motivated by the fact that Jesus died on a cross for his sins. He's motivated by the fact that even yet, while he was a sinner, Christ died for him. And that he has the ability to, through Christ to be forgiven of his sins. And not only that, that he's, when that happens, that he's reconciled with God and one day he gets to spend his eternity in heaven. And that's the thing that motivates him to grow in his Christ-likeness. What Christ has done for him and the benefits of all this that God has promised. And it's the same for you and me. Your motivation should be fueled by the fact that Christ has paid the penalty for your sins and has promised us that one day we get to go to heaven and spend our eternity there. Aren't you glad that, isn't that just the grandest promise in the whole wide world? I mean, that's just, just incredible. Paul also talks about having the right attitude in all of this persevering as a disciple requires us to have the right attitude. Um, in verse 15, he says, let those of us who are mature think this way, having the right attitude. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Paul's referring back to the things that he's been telling us right here. He says, let those of us who mature think this way. Think what way? We need to be self-aware. We need to be honest about where we are in our Christian life. It's okay. It doesn't matter if we're a new Christian, we're a mature Christian. It doesn't matter if we blew it today or not. Just be aware of where we are and, 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 and have a starting point of what we need to talk to him about and where help needs to come from. And, and put forth maximum effort. Work really hard at being a good disciple. Focus on growing in Christ. Be motivated by what Christ has done for you. That's what he said. He says, he's saying, let those of us who mature think this way. But Paul's an experienced pastor. He's been around the block. He started a bunch of churches. He's been, he, you know, he's a spokesman to the Gentiles primarily for Christianity. God has called him to reach that world, that those people for Christ. 
He spoke to Jews and Gentiles, but primarily he was there to bring the good news to the Gentiles. And, and, he's, and he's an experienced pastor. Now he's talked to a lot of people about Jesus. He's watched people's lives for a few years. He's watched people come into the church, exit the church. He's seen people get all excited and lose their enthusiasm. He's seen people that just came into a relationship with Jesus and just went deeper, deeper, and deeper into that relationship. He's seen a lot, and he knows something. Everybody's not going to get this right, and everybody's not, everybody's not even going to believe it wholeheartedly, buy into it right away. So he says, let those of us who are mature think this way. And then he says, and if in anything you think otherwise, in other words, if you don't agree, if, if you see it a different way, if you've got different opinions and ideas, God will reveal that to you. God will reveal it to you. So those who refuse to listen to Paul will hear the same message in some way, shape, or form from God. Listen, if you're a genuine Christ follower, Christ has provided all the resources that you need to follow him. You don't need something else. He's given you his word. He's indwelled you with his Holy Spirit. He's given you spiritual gifts that you may not even recognize that you have. Maybe you've never discovered that. I don't know. But he's equipped you with everything you need to live for him. And let me tell you something. He's, listen to this, 2 Peter 1.3. His divine power has granted to us, who's us? Those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. And let me tell you something else. He will do whatever it takes to get you to recognize that you need to persevere. If in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Have any of you ever been, got a little spanking from God? Have you ever gotten off track? Have you ever been in one of those situations? I've had this happen in my life. I've been going along and, I'm, and many times in my life, I, I know God doesn't leave me nor forsake me. I know that he's there, but I honestly know and believe and I've seen it happen in my own life that sometimes I start trying to do things and I, God's not my priority and I get out of whack and, and I'm not doing it the way I'm supposed to be doing it. And sometimes God just, now I don't know, I don't hear this. I haven't heard this verbally, but I just really believe this is the way it goes, the only way I can understand it. God looks down and he goes, hey, okay, old boy, you want to do this? Have at it. See how this works out for you. I'm here, haven't moved, I'm right here, but go ahead and do your thing. Any, ever, anybody here done their thing before? How's your thing working out? My thing didn't work out. It's never worked out. I always come back and go, hey, 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 I need you. Right? That's the way it works. And let me just tell you something. If any of these things we're talking about, Paul says, if you think differently, God will let you know. Yeah. I can handle this on my own. <laughs> Keep that counseling center funded for us. Another thing he says, we need to be disciplined. And that makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, only let us hold true to what we've attained. This brings us kind of full circle here. You know, this is like saying, hey, we need to be disciplined in all this. 
First Timothy 4, 7 says, but have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Discipline yourself. It's going to require work. We're going to have to persevere. But that's what he wants from us. Day in and day out. I know we're like Paul. Sometimes we say, man, I, I do exactly the thing I don't want to do. And I, man, I keep making crazy decisions I know I shouldn't make. And I'm trying hard. I mean, it's just a day-by-day thing. But we persevere. We keep our focus on him and we work hard and we, we're disciplined in our approach. We, we try to discipline ourselves to read the word of God. We discipline ourselves to pray. We, we, we discipline ourselves to serve to, to come together as a family of believers and worship together and learn together. We discipline ourselves in those regards to become a great disciple. Can you see how important all this is? You, you really have to persevere. I, and I'm really, this is such a great passage because it describes our Christian lives, yours and mine. We're all maybe in, you know, have to discipline ourselves to different degrees. We all face things, you know, to different degrees. Uh, some, sometimes it seems like we're running a thousand miles an hour in the right direction. Sometimes it feels like we're backing up, but, but we persevere. And if we're going to grow in our relationship with Christ, if we're going to bring glory to our God, then we need to persevere. I want, I want to close this part of everything with something Paul says in verse 15. I want to encourage you. He simply says, let those of us who are mature think this way. You know, we define discipleship as someone who has a relationship with Jesus, puts their faith and their trust in Jesus, and they seek to grow in that relationship. So all this stuff that we're talking about today in order for the Holy Spirit of God to live inside of you and to indwell you, in order for you to have everything that you need so that you can grow as a disciple, it all begins by becoming a disciple. And you become a disciple by placing your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So if you're here today and you've never done that, Uh, Maybe you've thought about it. Maybe you're here today and you're sort of kicking the tires of Christianity. Or maybe you're not even here today. Maybe you're watching online and you're kicking the tires of Christianity. Maybe you haven't been to church in years and years and years, but you started watching online because there's a lot of churches online right now because of this COVID thing. And you've just tuned into us today and you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, I I just feel something inside. I I feel like I need this. I feel I'm being pulled in that direction. That's the Holy Spirit of Almighty God saying, come on. And I would encourage you to respond in the affirmative. If you're in this building, if you're watching online, respond to Him. Place your faith and your trust in Jesus. Listen, you just have to ask. And and I can pray with you and, 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 and help you pray through that. Now, my prayer isn't magic. There's nothing about my prayer because I'm a preacher. It doesn't mean that this prayer is powerful because I'm praying it. That when you ask Christ to come into your life and forgive you of your sin, the only thing that matters is, are you seriously sincere and genuine in your heart? Is this what God is calling you to do? Is this what you're desiring to do? Is this, is it, is, is it there? Because if it doesn't come from there, deep down inside of you, if it just comes from uttering a prayer, it's worthless. But if you want that, 
and you feel God calling you and you want this relationship right now, everybody, everybody, whether you have a relationship with Jesus or not, close your eyes and just pray with me right now. And if you have a relationship, you pray for the people that are making decisions right now. You pray and just say, Jesus, I am a sinner. And God, I, I, I don't have a relationship with you. I've not had a relationship with you. But I believe, Jesus, that you're God. And I believe that you came to this earth and died on a cross for my sins. And right now, I accept that payment for my sins. I embrace you. I put my faith and my trust in you as my Lord and my Savior. And in the best way that I know how, with with the knowledge that I have right now, I'm committing my life to you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision today, we have the promise of Almighty God in His Word that He saved you. Now, here's the thing. When you get saved and you put your faith and trust in Jesus, now you got that discipleship thing, the Holy Spirit's indwelled you, and you might have some questions, and and, and you might want to pray with somebody or talk to somebody. So in a moment, we're going to stand up, and I would encourage you to go to the, when we stand up, slide out and go to the doors in the back, and just go to the doors, and, and there's people there with lanyards on. Some of them have on purple shirts that say prayer. You can hang a right when you go out of the door, and there's a whole little section on the wall that's painted purple, and it says prayer, and those are, that's our prayer team. If you have any questions, go there and see them. Go out and and see them. Maybe you're here today and you go, Ed, I am a Christian. I've been a Christian for a while. But maybe, just maybe today as we talked about growing in our discipleship and persevering in our discipleship, maybe you're saying, you know, I really haven't been persevering. What I've been doing is called coasting. And that's different than persevering. And maybe you need to recommit your life to Christ today. Maybe you need to to say, God, I I really need to get this right. I I need to get my focus and I need to pursue this thing. I need to be self-aware. You know, I need to do these things we talked about today. Think this way. Maybe that's you. And if that's you, I would invite you to pray and ask God to help you do that. And maybe you need to go out and talk to somebody on our prayer team. Perhaps you need to just put a prayer request up on the crosses. You can see people have already started doing that. Take a, there's paper and pen, and you can just write, put a prayer request up on the cross. We take those down, and we read them in our staff meeting. And if you're online, once again, you, we don't want to leave you out. You can go to our website, and, and you're, you're online right now. You can go, and you can send a prayer request in, and let us know, and we will pray for you as well. And if you need to talk to someone about a relationship with Christ, you, you can just contact us through the, our website, through a text, through a phone call, whatever. And we are happy to, to, help you, to help you out. I don't know what you need to do, each one of you personally. I tell you this every week. And I have to tell you because it's the truth. I don't know what you need to do. Why OU, wherever you're sitting. I don't know what you need to do. I do know that all of us need to be growing in our relationship with God. We need to become a disciple and we need to be a good disciple. I know that. And I know this, that if you will listen to that little small voice inside, whatever God is saying to you about what you need to do, and you will follow that lead, that prompting of the Holy Spirit, that you cannot go wrong. He'll never lead you to a bad place. Would you stand with us now as we continue to worship through song?